singer-songwriter Lucas Huang of Montreal is here with us tonight. Thanks for meeting with the antidote, Lucas. Uh, thanks very much, Dave. I'm very happy to be speaking with you. I guess you recently moved because you used to be based in Kingston, Ontario, then you moved to Montreal. Mm-hmm. So have you found the music scene different there for you? Um, yeah, it's bigger. That's nice. And that's also in some ways a little more difficult to, um, it's taken a bit more effort to get noticed and start getting onto shows and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's pretty amazing. Montreal, it's a very happening city. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, with most of the artists I meet, they're all over the net. But when I search for more info about your music online, you're like the invisible man. Almost nothing came up. How does a musician exist without a big online presence? Uh, you know, for me, that's actually just a, just a function of how I operate. I mean, I just put my music online, but I don't have a label or a manager or a publicist or anything. Yeah, I like being able to hide a little bit, <laughs> keep, my, uh, keep my personal life separate from what I'm putting on the internet. And also as someone who doesn't have really any career ambitions as a musician, I'm, I'm happy to kind of take a backseat a little bit and just let the music exist on its own, but not have to push it that much, you know? Well, then if music isn't your lifelong dream, what is? I don't think I have one. I mean, I, I think uh, maybe music is a lifelong dream, but maybe not necessarily, you know, how I want to make my livelihood. I do a lot of things <laughs> in terms of my uh, my career outside of music. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I think music is a lifelong dream. It's just that uh, I have other parts of my life that I use to to put food on the table, and then it gives me the freedom to, to do what I want with my music and not have to appease a large audience or appease a label or anything. So in other words, the job pays for the passion. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's how it is for pretty much everybody. Well, songwriters are really storytellers, but Lucas, I find you taking that to another level. Your music is so profoundly intimate. Do you think that comes across because of your soft vocal style or is it the lyrics itself? Sure. Um, yeah, I I think the lyrics themselves, they have a, a large part to do with that. But also, uh, I think having grown up, you know, singing in choirs and that kind of thing, I learned proper enunciation in uh, in singing. And also, I think um, this is something that a lot of singers that I like a lot do, which is that you can really hear the lyrics come across. Um, I'm most comfortable in a lyric writing mode where, where there is a narrative arc. Uh, where it's not just speaking in the abstract. I like to be able to have uh, more of a narrative direction when I write. You record under two different names. Some of the music goes under Old Haunt, which is more atmospheric. In other songs you produce as Lucas Hong, which is stripped down, just your voice and a guitar. Do you think that one style gives a greater impact over the other? Yeah, I actually prefer the band sound with the more electronic elements and uh, the more ambient effects and that kind of thing. Actually, the, the, the dual name thing is a recent thing because before I was, everything was Old Haunt. Um, on the most recent mini tour that I did where we met, actually, um, that was the first time that I was playing under my own name as opposed to Old Haunt. And uh, just to sort of reflect that, I... I retroactively 
change some of the artist names on a couple of my releases online. Um, the short answer is that Old Haunt was a band when I lived in Kingston and we tried to keep recording together long distance and we still do. We still collaborate quite a bit, but um, I've been away for about three years now and I've been uh, performing and writing and recording on my own uh, since then. So I thought it's sort of more of an honest reflection of where the music is at right now. The travel time's just too far between each of you? Um, that's part of it. Um, more for the live performance, absolutely. Trying to get everyone free the same weekends to try to practice and then play shows together. So that was the prohibitive factor for sure. Um, in terms of recording, you know, we can send stuff back and forth online and there's no real challenge there. It's just... Um, it's hard to stay disciplined as a band when you're not meeting in person. It's it's easier for things to uh, sort of slow down or fall by the wayside when you're when you have this sort of asynchronous development where you're sending things back and forth. And then just life got busier for for all of us really. <laughs> On your 2013 release, Empty Heart, you have a song that brings to mind something that Sufjan Stevens would do called Sky Burial. It includes the lyrics, why not then be buried in the sky? Living is just another word for dying. That thought seems so depressive. What was your mindset when you were writing that song? Sure. Um, Sky Burley and Lost Legs were written around the time that uh, a friend of mine passed away, um, and he was a Buddhist. So I was being introduced to a lot of Buddhist ideas and some of the sort of rites that happened around, uh, or that happened at least in his practice of, of Buddhism around the time of his death. And that got me reading into different traditions. Um, so I was thinking a lot about the concept of detachment and of sort of not having an attachment to this world. And so that's why this line, living is just another word for dying, is not, it's not meant to be depressing. It's I wanted it to be just a simple observation that death is inevitable and that fact doesn't have to depress us. It can actually be kind of freeing. Knowing that what happens in our lives, ultimately, a lot of things we don't have much control over, first off, and then the things that we do have control over, um, most of them aren't going to have much of a lasting impact in terms of the scheme of the universe, you know? And so then that can be very freeing because then you can say, all right, I'm going to focus on the things that produce happiness or that alleviate suffering for other people. Um, so sky burial is, is very interesting. It's a practice that happens. There, there's a, a few places in the world and a few cultural and religious traditions where it happens, but essentially instead of um, burying someone who's died in the ground, we'll leave them, uh, you know, on the mountain or something and the animals and the elements will consume them. The, the body, once the person has left, the body has no sacredness to it, you know, it's just matter. Um, and we came from that void, you know, we we emerged from uh, inanimate material and then became living at some point just for a very brief period. And then we returned to being just matter, inanimate material again. And so that was, that was the idea behind that song, was sort of letting go of the self and letting go of earthly attachments. But that's very difficult for somebody with a westernized mindset. I mean, even sure. even with me taking it from a Christian perspective, 
where, yeah, you know, we do believe the soul carries on to heaven. But even with Christians, I think sometimes deep down inside, they struggle with that whole concept. Absolutely, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a challenge. It's, it really is a challenge. Uh, and I am someone who grew up in Christian tradition as well. And I think um, sometimes just brushing up against these other worldviews and other religious traditions can, can be kind of jarring and uh, encountering the different ways that they understand things that I might have held on to more dearly or, or held as more sacred. Back to re- in regards to your music, I think if someone was to ask me what kind of an impression I get from the music of Lucas Huang, it's that it emotes a sense of loss, especially with the song Ghost Town. Uh, yeah, I would say Empty Heart as a whole really centers around the theme of loss, uh, not not in any deliberate way. It wasn't sort of deliberately constructed that way, but as I was assembling the songs, for them, I realized um, there is an element of loss in all of those songs. And some of them are about family members or friends who have passed away. Some of them are about relationships that ended. Um, Ghost Town itself, I would say, is the one that is the most fictional, maybe, on that album. Uh, in the sense, it's not something that happened to me, but it was... Um, I can't remember even where I was going, but I was on a road trip somewhere, and we drove through... Um, some town in Ontario that uh, wasn't a town anymore, and there's just all these buildings that were boarded up, and no one lived there anymore. And it was um, it was really striking that there were all of these artifacts of the life that used to be there but aren't anymore. And so I got reading into how that happens, and um, there's a recurring story, predominantly in the states, but uh, it happens in Canada as well, and uh, to some extent around the world where there'll be this tiny town and then they find that there's something of value usually in the ground, right? Usually it's gold or it's oil or uh, some kind of precious mineral. And then the population quadruples in a matter of years. And then the industry moves in and then they sort of suck all of the value, all the capital out of the ground and then they leave. And then there's nothing left. And even the people who were there before can't stay anymore because that process, that industrialization ended up taking away what they had before. I was just trying to imagine how, how sad that would be. And, and I sort of imagined, because I, I had a very you know nice uh, idyllic childhood, I was trying to imagine what it would be like to go back to uh, where I grew up to see it flattened and the ground poisoned and it's not safe to enter anymore. I was sort of imagining how devastating that would be. Another song that I've really come to enjoy is Tower Song from your EP Emptiness. And it uses a tall tower as a metaphor for pride and the disconnect that that creates. So does Lucas Huang have a tall tower? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, okay, so I have to, I have to say that that isn't my song. That song was written by Towns and Vent. That's a cover that's on that little EP. Um, yeah, I... I think I do have a tower. I think everyone does. I think the tower sort of represents um, the the barriers that people put up to avoid really confronting each other. Um, there's a lot of our identities that we construct very deliberately. I think a lot of times for a lot of people that comes from a place of, of insecurity where we're afraid that if people really knew what I was like, then they wouldn't be friends with me or they wouldn't want to want to be in a relationship with me. 
they're finding out that you're really an evil person deep down inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a that's a fear that a lot of people have. I mean, evil is a strong word, but but at the very least, you know. Oh, I was only being facetious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but but I think the sentiment says I think a lot of people feel like uh, they have to present a a good side of themselves because they're afraid if they show the true selves, then they won't be left with any friends. <laughs> It's funny how that on your latest album, Refuge, you really switch up style because you've done covers of older song and given them a new sound. Why did you feel that it was important to retell these old spirituals and hymns? Sure. Um, I'm not sure the songs themselves needed me. (laughs) I think I need them more than they need me. You know, I think the songs stand on themselves quite well. But I felt like um, the sentiment expressed by them was really something that I wanted to tackle. Part of this was also that I hadn't written any new songs of my own that I was happy with in a long time. And um, I thought this would be just a good exercise and arrangement. It's just it's just uh, good to sort of stay on the saddle, right? To keep on recording and keep on arranging things and um, to not let inertia set in. And then the other thing is that um, Empty Heart, as you were saying before, so much of it centers around loss. And a big part of that, um, as I alluded to when we were talking about Sky Burial, a lot of that loss was uh, loss of faith and um, feeling disconnected from the beliefs I'd grown up with and exploring other ideas. So then Refuge was this very deliberate attempt to uh, reconnect with a lot of the ideas and a lot of the beliefs and worldviews that were very formative for well still are very formative for me so it sounds effectively like it was a two-pronged attack there you're really doing it from an emotional spiritual level and also doing it as like a technical exercise sure yeah yeah uh multifaceted exercise for sure one of the songs that's included on that get back satan is a classic style of african-american gospel music but where did you ever find that tune um my husband is very interested in old um, gospel and blues recordings uh, and i think that song um yeah I'm, I'm fairly certain actually it's one of the mississippi records compilations and those are just gold mines for especially that style that you're describing, the, you know, black gospel, very soulful and very heavy lyrically often. And also what drew me to that song in particular is um, it ties its religious message into something that was very urgent and very relevant at the time. So, I mean, it was written and uh, performed during the 60s, uh, during the, the civil rights era in the States. And... Uh, it speaks to that very powerfully, and I really like that because um, a lot of times religious music speaks very much in the abstract. And I mean, the song that comes after that on the on the EP "Come Ye Sinners" is a perfect example. It's a sort of a classic uh, classic hymn that's very theological, and it's and it's wonderful and it's beautifully written as well. But it doesn't have that that urgency, you know. It doesn't have that uh, that feeling that really grips you. Well, of course, radical time frame difference too, almost 200 years difference. (laughs) Of course, yeah, yeah. Okay, but to speak about that hymn, that impacted you enough to want to do your own cover of it. Yeah, um, 
I think it has a very compelling melody for one, and and that's something for me anyway. That's sort of my falling in love moment with any song. Starts with the musical element, and then later I'll dig into the, the lyrics and see if they speak to me. The other thing is, um, you know, it's not quite as heavy as Get Back Satan, but it it still has that element to it of um, of yearning of uh, things being wrong, and Jesus has the power to make it right. You know, I, I, there's something about that that speaks to me. It was very powerful for me across both of those songs, and I think that uh, I think that carries through as well to City of Refuge, the the last song on that EP. Yeah, because I wanted to bring up about that. That's a cover of a song from Blind Willie Johnson, who's just incredible. And it wasn't a typical song from him, you know, one like John the Revelator. Sure. Yeah, pulling yeah. up City of Refuge, but then pairing it up with Let It Rain and then adding this sort of thrice old brother type of sound was just amazing. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I liked um, I liked the pairing of Let It Rain and City of Refuge. Uh just thematically, they seem to link, right? Let it rain, rain don't fall on me because I'm going to run to the city of refuge, right? I have refuge. The rain, rain doesn't bother me. Stylistically, um, again, it goes back to that, that just dark heaviness of this style of deep South gospel. I mean, I listen to a lot of this kind of music, heavy music and doom metal and, and sludge and drone and all that kind of stuff. And <laughs> That's pretty different uh, from I, what you do. Yeah, and and I'm always <laughs> looking for ways to incorporate it because uh, it is a big part of my palette of, of influences. And uh, I feel like there's a lot of unexplored territory in, in that intersection of heavy, dark gospel with heavy, dark instrumentation. Well, Lucas, I'm going to let you choose the closing song for the night. What is your personal favorite? And tell us the reason why. Sure. Um, I'd say my my favorite song that uh, is on the record is Lost Legs, which is the fourth song on Empty Heart. On on the LP itself, it closes out the A-side. Why do I like it? Um, For a few reasons. On the musical side of things, on the technical side of things, I think it really came together uh, in a way that was very satisfying. I feel like that song is the closest to what I was really hoping to capture with this record. And I think we do capture these kinds of sounds throughout the course of the record, but it's this one song that on its own manages to encapsulate everything that that we were really going for when we made this record. And so there's the acoustic and songwriting element. Um, the second verse, there's some free form, the interplay between the percussion and uh, Matt, my bandmate, Matt Rogalski's guitar playing is really nice. Um, and then there's this big build up towards the end where Chris Trimmer, um, my other bandmate, he came up with this incredible sound um, that was actually algorithmically generated. There's a thing that kind of sounds like a, a metallic, uh, sort of a machine kind of sound mixed with a big saxophone maybe or something. Anyway, it's a, it's a random tone generator that he made on a synthesizer and it's incredible. And, and just sort of the way all the elements came together was really satisfying because it started with me recording just the guitar and voice in Matt's living room and then over the course of several months, 
just gradually adding things on top of it until it was something completely different than what I expected. Um, so that's the one side of it. And then the other side is that I think similarly, um, it lyrically also really captures the intent of this album. There's um, hints at religious or spiritual searching. There's some talk of the loss that was hinted at. Um, you might notice, you know, the first two lines are the same as in Sky Burial. So it's sort of, it's like a, addressing the same question in a different way. Hey, before I forget, I mentioned about how you're almost invisible online. Give us the link to find your music. Sure. The link is oldhaunt.ca, and that will actually just redirect you to oldhaunt.bandcamp.com. Same thing. Um, And that has all of our recorded music so far. We are not on Facebook or on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) The Antidote has been here with Lucas Huang. It's been great to have you. Thanks so much for meeting with us, Lucas. Thank you very much for the invite, uh, Dave. I, I really appreciate it.